0: Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur
1: by experienced managed service providers. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, We are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experience. so wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys they decided to go with this podcast
0: my name's Craig Hickman. I'm with Pro Blue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a man service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, well, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well, and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us, and also hopefully helping others along the way.
2: My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learned the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Follow, like, and subscribe
0: at itforwhiskey.com. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. Welcome back to another episode of IT for Whiskey. I am your co-host, Craig, and I am with my best buds, Joe and Myron. What's up? What's up? Today is, is a fun topic. We're going to talk about shiny objects. Shiny objects? Are we talking about jewelry? Bling, bling. Two-carat diamonds. Two-carat diamonds. Sometimes I wonder if two-carat diamonds would be a lot easier than uh, <laughs> most of the shiny objects that we deal with. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Can one of us explain what a shiny object is?
2: It's really simple. Anything that distracts you from your business. You ever go to a conference and you come back with all these Great ideas that people have sold you on really doesn't apply to what your business is all about. That is what I call a shiny object. I'm a victim of being distracted by shiny objects on a regular basis. Good news is, after a little cool down, I realized, oh, that was just a shiny object, and I ignore it. I think it happens to
1: a lot of MSPs. I've been a victim of it. Craig, are you been a victim? Oh yes,
0: yes, but I, but I have actually have learned to shove my shoddy objects onto somebody else to research <laughs> because <laughs> I,
2: I am I am
0: definitely ADHD, and if you give me a shiny object, like what's that? Let's take a look at that. that Looks cool.
1: Let's do that. No, it's true. I mean, these days with all the new technology coming out and all these new offerings. Constantly we're getting the, should we do it with cloud and should we do cybersecurity and should we you know become an MSSP or should we do this or that? It becomes difficult to focus on your core offerings and actually make them really good if you're all over the place all the time. How do you deal with picking what you're going to get involved in? Joe, let's go with you first, I guess. Well, we have a really simple process here at our organization,
2: Infinite IT. Chris and I have defined this. We did this years ago where I look at the financial possibility to make it profitable. And I look at the relevance to our business. He looks at the technical viability of this solution and he'll consider the technical viability to our, our relationship to our business. And, and the two of us then come together and we discuss it. I'll give you a good example. We recently were considering another backup technology and for about two years, we discussed it over and over again. You know, I explored the the financial and sales ability of the technology and the the vendor was Datto and we went back and forth on it for two years and he reviewed the technical side of it and said, no, 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 no. So we didn't move forward with it until one day I said, look, you need to sit down with these guys and talk to them and get the, the technical reasons why because you haven't done that yet. You just think, the technology isn't good enough for us or doesn't, sorry, not good enough, but doesn't line up to our business model properly. And once he did, he said, holy crap, you're right. This really does line up to our our, our business model and we signed up as a partner. So we have a process here is the bottom line that we've defined that works for us. Every organization is different. Most companies don't have a Chris to... To a Joe, if you will, being technical and sales and process versus financial side of things. But we're, we're blessed enough to have that. So I get distracted by shiny things. He doesn't. How's that?
0: My my biggest problem with the shiny objects are the amount of calls I get about them and having to filter all that information, calls, email, when they show up. Uh, When we go to the events and we go through the uh, passing through, you know know what I'm talking about when we do the floor and we're walking through and we're going through all the booths and we're seeing all the different vendors, essentially we're seeing what shiny objects are giving away for free. (laughs) I remember one year I was hanging out with Joe and I had so much crap I had to check a second bag.
1: I think that that's happened a few
2: times for you. That's that's yeah I was going to say that was the Galaxy year wasn't it?
0: And then there was the year that I had to actually put it in a FedEx box and ship it all home. (laughs) 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 This is actually cheaper than uh, checking a second bag with the airline. So genius. When I talk to a vendor and I'm trying to determine if it's a good product or not, I always ask, Who are you? How long have you been in business? Is this your first time or second time at an event? Like I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to gauge them how serious they are. And if I've never seen them before, then I'm definitely scrutinizing it, trying to determine if this is something of any value. And then my. Pet peeve, my biggest thing is: there a turn commitment, and do I have to buy bulk licensing? Because I hate being stuck with licensing that I am now struggling to sell and trying to get out the door. If I have to buy bulk, automatically off my list. I will not even consider it as an option.
1: That's interesting. I would agree to that as well. To me, one of the things that I always ask is: Are you channel based only? You know, are you only you know selling through the channel, or do you have your own sales staff? That to me gives me a pulse of how serious they are about this partnership or relationship with us as MSPs. But even beyond that, even let's let's assume beyond that, how about emerging technologies and how do you stay away from that shiny object? You know, somebody came up with a new technology and you know, oh, maybe I should be selling this. Maybe I should pivot and now become a cybersecurity firm. Maybe I should pivot and now I should, you know, sell cloud storage or whatever the case is. How do you pick and choose what you want for your organization? Let's say for a for an MSP that's that's at a point where they gotta pivot somewhere to really make a big difference. I'm always
0: looking to improve myself. So you know, talking to you guys and talking to other MSPs is what products and services are you offering and how easy is it is for you to deploy and Sell it to your customers. So, for instance, we all kind of sell the similar same services, but we may all do it differently. Joe's a Veeam guy, we're storage craft guys. Right now, we're actually considering Veeam as the new shiny object as a replacement for all of our storage craft.
2: We're Veeam as our primary and Datto is our secondary. We're starting to push more Datto, and it's a focus for us for sure. Because they've got a great, great product and they were a shiny object to Chris, my business partner at Infinite IT, for a while until he kind of took the shine off because he doesn't like shiny objects and he took the shine off and he realized they actually are a great technology and a great solution. More money than, than most, but there's value there.
1: I don't know. Um, I, I try to stay within our core beliefs in, in in what we sell and what we offer. You know, we we started as an MSP from the ground up. A lot of people, oh, well, you should be in cybersecurity now. You know, cybersecurity is not really our thing. I mean, I'll partner with somebody that sells cybersecurity, but I'm not going to become that cybersecurity expert. That's not that's not our thing. You know, obviously our thing is VoIP, but Craig, what what do you think about emerging markets like that like you know are you getting yourself into cybersecurity i mean how how are you dealing with that
0: that honestly should be probably higher on my list here cuz we do we do a lot of things very well that are our core our core solutions but the one thing that i think our market needs the most is an expert in the area that does cybersecurity at a higher detail than just your basic backup antivirus monitoring and that sort of stuff. You need somebody that can actually do the audit, have you know the recommendation, like the expert recommendation of, well, here's the things that you need to do. Um, we don't do any forensics for our security. typically that's outsourced if someone has uh, they've been compromised then we have to bring in somebody else to help with that because we're not we're not really set up to do that type of, of, of an audit but I think um, in the today's day and age with the amount of things that are being constantly hacked and compromised I think that's definitely a, a strong focus that needs to be done but but the question is Who do you partner with on that and how do you go about pursuing it without it reducing what you're already doing? Because, you know, everybody, all of us here have a finite amount of resource.
2: And it's funny, actually, that's something that we've done. We did two years ago. We started walking down that path. We have a couple of individuals that have become security specialized. We are doing pen testing. We are doing, you know, post um, attack remediation and firefighting, if you will. And we offer proactive to manage security services. And it's uh, for 2019 for us, I actually see that as one of our two biggest growth areas in revenue because it's becoming more prevalent and it's more of a reality today than it was even a year ago. So, Craig, send all those customer sauce we'll take care of them for
1: you (laughs) you know I think it also has to do with your customer base right because not that customers don't need cybersecurity or whatnot but uh, I wouldn't go as far as getting people certified on that space because I really wouldn't have that much business to throw that way so it, it, it depends on what kind of business you know and what kind of customers you have and what their needs are it may make sense to outsource that and not have it in house. Just like, you know, some people have uh voice over IP and they're doing it themselves. You know, if they have the expertise and they have the, the amount of uh, people in house, then they can do that. If they're if VoIP is not their specialty, then they should outsource it to you know and, and partner with a company like uh, GreenLink as an example. You know? And and I think that's that's a good a good way to stay away from shiny objects that don't that don't mess up your business model. And and, and you're right, a hundred
2: percent. And that's why we went down that path because the demand was there and I was outsourcing it. You get to that critical mass that it makes sense to insource it. And so that's why we took that endeavor on a couple of years ago. And it has been a very profitable offering for us. We have a lot of customers that rely on us to keep them secure. We we monitor their, their identity online through companies like Dark Web. We monitor their, their firewalls. We monitor their security posture. We do penetration testing. We even do social engineering monitoring. We do social engineering from a, we call their employees and say, hey, I'm calling from Microsoft. Can you give me, or I'm calling from IT. Can you give me? We send them emails. Like, so we have all this pen testing and, and phishing testing that we do. We pen test from the outside in and the inside out we recently had a customer that said to us oh my god my semantic gateway is identifying a a a security attack from the inside out so i i did this that and the other to prevent it from happening and while the CEO hired us to do this work to see if the IT manager was actually doing his job. It was clear that he saw it and reacted to it on a Saturday night because that's when they wanted us to do the test. And he did respond to it properly. So that was, that was a successful test, right? So that's the kind of things that we do. We get really creative with our customers. And you're right, Myron. I agree 100%. The problem with it is you go to these events and you get fantastic companies that get up on stage. And I'm not going to name names because there's a lot of good ones. They give you a shiny object and you're like, ooh, and you follow the carrot down the rabbit hole and then you realize, wait, this is not my business. It doesn't make sense for me to do this. It costs me too much money to do this. An example for us, we have been a Cisco voice partner since 2002. I will not get Cisco gold partner status for voice. I won't do it or what they call collab today. There's no business case for it. We are a premier partner. We have all the authorizations I need to sell any Cisco voice product. Why should I drop another hundred grand to become a gold partner with the same status? What, to get another $2,000 rebate on the back end? Not worth it. So we we stay where we are because I'll never hit an ROI. And our partner manager at, at Cisco agrees. He's like, you're right. There's no business case for it. Like they say, it is what it is. Focus on what you're good at. We have three niches that we're really good at. We do really well in these three areas and we're going to stick to it. If XYZ company comes to me at the next conference and provides me with a compelling business case and what a great technology, they may be right. It's a fantastic technology. It's not what I do.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, we're not beating the technologies. You know, it's, it's just not in, maybe in our, in our wheel space. If any of these uh, vendors
0: are listening to this podcast, if you want Craig's attention, just send him a bottle of bourbon, and you'll get a full hour of me listening to anything <laughs> you want, guaranteed.
2: <laughs> Undivided attention.
0: Yes, you will. I will not. I'll have my. I will not have my email open, and I'll have my phone turned off, and I will listen to you for a full hour.
2: Is that what I got to do for you to turn your email off during the podcast recordings?
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm I'm selling stuff.
1: <laughs> so speaking of bourbon or whiskey what are you drinking joe oh today i am double
2: fisting baby <laughs> uh, i don't know about this <laughs> wait, wait, wait 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 hold on hold on first of all take your mind out of the gutter what i'm talking about what i'm talking about is i'm double fisting 1792s <laughs> stop Like for real, Craig, come on, get your mind. Look how Myron's very serious. Well, you can't hear him because he muted the microphone. He's red. First time? First time. I've never had this before. The two of you talk about this so much. When we did the last recording, I was on our our, what we call LCBO in Ontario. It was on their website and I ordered them. They showed up the next day, had to bring them out for today. I didn't crack them till now. I have a single word that's three letters long to describe these. Can you guess what that word is? No. Budapus. <laughs> wow. Three letters, guys. Come on. I guess you didn't pass grade nine English. So I agree single barrel is superior to small batch, but I've realized as this podcast has evolved and, and, or sorry, as the podcast has progressed. It does. The small batch actually requires time to breathe. And it is, it is actually really good. If you drink it right out of the bottle.
0: You're talking a small batch with a single barrel needs time to breathe.
2: The small batch, the small batch, oh really, needs time to breathe. Yes, if you take it right out of the bottle, it's really it's got a lot of alcohol, like really graininess. But let it breathe. The alcohol kind of evaporates a little bit. Put it with a little ice, swirl it around, and you're good to go. The single barrel doesn't need that. I drank that neat, and that was good to go. But the 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 small batch need a cube of ice and
1: it's it was great yeah you can get I mean here um, I've already spoken enough about 1792 uh, I picked up three bottles today of the uh, bottle and bomb version but um, the bottles here for the small batch is like twenty six dollars at the liquor store at least here in Dallas so I mean how can you go wrong you know what I mean uh, for something like that I am
0: drinking Russell's Reserve 10-year it is 90 proof and i have to admit this is actually very tasty i'm very happy with this choice um i have several other of these i have three other different russell reserves that i've not had yet well i've had them but i haven't drank them in a while but for this one this was um for me it was 32 dollars. For this bottle Which is not a bad price For a quality bourbon But if you're looking For something new You haven't tried I mean we talked about 7092 about A bazillion times I think now But Joe Had not had it before I think I think the Russells is very good I would definitely recommend it
1: well I'm I'm having by Craig's recommendation as his favorite all-time favorite I am having a Booker's bourbon this is very strong what is it hundred 128 percent usually usually
0: about 65 60 to 65 percent proof 65 no, percent alcohol.
1: 128 percent proof let me tell you I'm I'm on my third oh my goodness serving and i am basically yeah you can tell what are you talking about greg you're on your fifth um i like to call it time travel <laughs> <laughs>
0: Love it, love it, love it. We're now in the future talking about technology, even if 10 minutes have passed by.
1: So one of the things that we're, we're planning right now, and I know we've talked about this before, but um, it, it's it's getting pretty serious. Is we're, tr- we're planning a trip to Kentucky to potentially buy a barrel. Well, we're not going to say what it is. Something, something.
0: We're going to buy something. Barrel of bourbon. Barrel of whiskey. Which I'm going to store at my house in the barrel. You can keep the barrel if you want. (laughs) Empty barrel.
2: (laughs) It would look nice in my office, though. Hold on a second. You know what I would love to do with that barrel? I would love to chop it up and use it to smoke some brisket. Yeah. That would be awesome.
0: Hmm. I'd rather uh, turn it into a table, but I guess we could burn it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right, guys, we're going to make this one a real quick one. Hey,
0: and and if you ever, if you guys ever want to go out and get some shiny objects uh, before you commit to anything, always have a bourbon first.
1: (laughs) Yes, it does make the decision a lot smoother. Amen. Uh, Those listening, you know, follow, like, comment please this is a uh, this is a movement we're not doing any any special marketing uh, we are gaining a lot of followers uh, and uh, we'd like for people to find out about us uh, organically so let's spread the message
2: and if you have any suggestions of things you'd like us to talk about send us an email social at it for that's the number four of course What topics do you want to hear about? What would you like us to talk about? We'll do some research. We'll give you our experience. We'll give you our input. Love to hear from you.
0: Or if you'd like to hear an expert. Absolutely. We can bring an expert on the show. Yeah, for sure. Correct.
2: Guest speakers as well. Or if
0: you'd like to be a guest speaker.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, let me tell you, it, it would be pretty cool to hear the stories of other MSPs and how they, they built their business. So that's for sure. All right. Ciao. Thank you very much. Take it away, Kevin. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast
0: by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at IT Whiskey. Com. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold
2: on, guys. Ooh, let the dogs out.
0: <laughs> ooh, 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 let the dogs out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Could have stopped recording a long
1: time ago.